Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. The 1920s were known as the Roaring Twenties because it was a time of prosperity and good economic growth. The 2020s will not be known for any of that, I'm afraid. (laughs) Instead, it will be known as the time of COVID and our failed response to it. I often think about what others will be taught about our time. Do you ever think about that? I I don't know. I'm a little quirky, I know. But I think about, about what people will look back on this time and, and think about, what they will be taught about this time. Uh, we can look back in history and see other times and, and, and how they reacted to certain things that were going on at that time. I had a grandfather that rode the rails during the Great Depression, and he would talk a little bit about what it was like to basically be homeless or whatever and and to 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 ride those rails and, and go different places that he, he didn't even know where it might even take him uh, he actually eventually be, became a a, 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 a a working on the trains and, and the rail system i had another uh, grandfather that was in the pacific theater of world war ii um and and those type of things um, they, they, they changed those people. They, they reacted to certain things that were, uh, major factors during their time. Uh, they experienced different things than, than we do today, but we look at their time and, and we look at what they went through from a 2020 hindsight perspective. They were right in the middle of it. But, you know, sometimes we think, well, why didn't they just do this? Or, boy, that reaction was really dumb or whatever. But we look at it from that 2020 hindsight perspective where they were right in the middle of things. To them, they didn't know what would happen to them or the country. And and what will others think if, 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 the, if the Lord doesn't rapture us home first, right? Um, of these times that we live in, what will others, other people think? think and be taught about, um, about these times, how will they see our reaction to COVID? For instance, will they, you know, laugh (laughs) at our, our use of masks and vaccines that don't vaccinate and in lockdowns? (laughs) I mean, will, will they be upset at the amount of money that we spent giving them the bill for the debt, right? I mean, we're spending their money. And we're handing them over the debt for the money that we're using. It, it, it doesn't take history to see that our reaction to COVID has been terrible as a nation. And, and the one man that has been the, the most visible of all people in the fight over COVID has been Dr. Anthony Fauci. His track record of advice has been absolutely horrendous to this point. And yet, he remains the highest paid government employee that we have. Above the president, above everybody. He he gets paid the highest salary of anybody in government. So, now we're, you know, we're over what? Um, you know, two and a half years um, away from from, you know, the 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 next election. Uh, we're uh, about we're a little over halfway 
through the 2022 and and what is our esteemed doctor saying about where we are with covid well uh, this article comes from Hank Breen, and uh, it was dated July 13th uh, of this year. And it says, Fauci again urges Americans to wear masks indoors in group settings. Hmm? <laughs> Dr. Anthony Fauci, 81, who recently contracted COVID-19. Did you know that? <laughs> he actually did get COVID. Well, he warned uh, of Americans uh, waning immunity as he put it, from the virus and said that they should be impelled to wear masks when indoor group settings occur. Fauci tested positive for the virus in mid-June, actually. He, he reportedly took an antiviral pill, uh, Paxlovin, uh, uh, as part of his recovery, but in late June announced his symptoms had returned. Now, appearing on MSNBC on... Um, uh, uh, about a week ago, Tuesday, Fauci warned uh, of the new variant BA5, asserting, quote, it's something we absolutely need to take seriously. It is a transmission ad, uh, advantage over the prior variants that were dominant, unquote. Now, the dominant variant uh, was first BA1, then BA2, and then BA 2.1, I mean, it sounds like software, right? And on and on, and then you get BA 4 and BA 5, and particularly BA 5, which is clearly a, has a transmission advantage, he says, which is one of the reasons why we're seeing throughout several regions of the country, including in particular the New York area, you're starting to see cases go up, Fauci declared. He also said it... it so it needs to be taken seriously. Everybody wants to put this pandemic behind us and feel and hope that it doesn't exist. It does. <laughs> then, then, then he turned to various ways the effects of the virus could be made better. He says, quote, however, the good news is that we have the, ca the capability and the tools to address it, and we need uh, just need to utilize those tools. For example, getting vaccinated. If you're not primarily vaccinated. Uh, if you're uh, due for a booster, use a booster. When you're in an area where you have a high um, dynamic of infection, and, and, and we're not talking about uh, mandating anything, well, that's interesting, but we're saying recommending people when they are indoors uh, in congregate settings to wear a mask. So I guess he's gone away from the mandate thing now, but anyway... <laughs> <laughs> We're all supposed to wear masks again, in other words. Quote, those are simple, doable things that can be prevent that can prevent us from ha having ever more of a problem than we're having right now, he concluded. Now, according to federal data, the BA4 and BA5 subvariants comprise roughly 80% of coronavirus currently um, circulating in, in the U.S. This is a, a, a Washington Post article that noted that. And David um, Montefiore, a, a professor at the Human Vaccine Institute at Duke University Medical Center, stated that BA4 and BA5 are roughly three times more resistant to neutralizing antibodies from COVID vaccine than the BA1 was. 
and and BA4 and BA5 have been found to be four times less sensitive to antibodies from vaccines than the BA2. This virus is 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 running freely, said the World Health Organization. So so let's get this straight. So what we're looking at here is Fauci is is recommending that we do what has not been working to this point two and, and a half years later, right? I mean, we're supposed to do the things, and he's not going to mandate it, but we're supposed to do all these same things, go back to put in our mask and get our vaccines, get our boosters, whichever booster number this is. And, and we're supposed to do all of this even though it didn't work over the last two and a half years. Now, what is the definition of insanity again? Doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result? Hmm. But his was not the only terrible response to COVID. <laughs> what, what about the, the trillions of dollars of debt we incurred because of it? And, and what happened to the money that was supposed to go, you know, for the, the, the COVID relief? And suddenly we have this again. I mean, here, here's an article from the AP, actually. It says, Braun calls for return of COVID-19 relief funds after AP report questions uh, the, the projects. Indiana Senator Mike Braun, who's a Republican, is calling for taxpayer funds to be repaid after an Associated Press report cited scores of projects that state and local governments across the United States are funding with federal coronavirus relief money, despite having to do li uh, having little to do with combating the pandemic, in the report the AP listed three projects specifically that used COVID nineteen relief funds on projects with seemingly no ties to problems created by the pandemic. Officials in Broward County, Florida, recently broke ground on a high end hotel a high-end hotel that will have views of the Atlantic Ocean and 11,000-square-foot spa thanks to a sudden $140 million cash infusion. In New York, Dutchess County pledged $12 million for a renovation of a minor league baseball stadium to meet requirements that the New York Yankees set for their farm teams. And in Massachusetts, lawmakers delivered $5 million to pay off debts of the Edward M. Kennedy Institute for the U.S. Senate in Boston, a nonprofit established to honor the late senator that has been struggling financially. <laughs> I bet if you knew the late senator... Uh, each had little to do with, with combating the pandemic, uh, a review by the Associated Press found. After the, re the AP report, Senator Braun blasted President Biden and Democrats who passed the $1.9 trillion COVID relief bill, saying, quote, Last year, I said Biden and Democrats' COVID relief bill was less than 10%, less than 10% of that $1.9 trillion related to COVID and jammed with wasteful spending and liberal pet projects, Braun said in a statement released um, uh, 
a week ago Wednesday. He said, now, as you pay for record inflation at the grocery store and the gas pump, we see that your money is really being wasted on luxury hotels, ballparks, and ski slopes. The expenditures in the AP report are a fraction of the $350 billion made available through last year's American Rescue Plan to help state and local governments weather the crisis. But they are examples of uses of the aid that are inconsistent, (laughs) to say the least, with the rationale that Democrats offered from the record $1.9 billion, or I'm sorry, $1.9 trillion bill. The cash was... uh, you know, desperately needed to save jobs and, and help those in distress and open schools and, and increase vaccinations, right? Well, it really didn't get spent that way. Under um, per, permissive Treasury Department rules governing how the pandemic money can be spent, state and local governments faced few limitations. <laughs> yeah, if we're building hotels and things, there's not many limitations, right? New Jersey allocated $15 million for upgrades to sweeten the state's bid to host the 2026 World Cup. Wow. In in Woodensock, uh, Rhode Island, officials allocated $53,000 for a remodeling of City Hall. Wow. Well, that would be nice. I uh, wonder how much I can get to remodel my house here. Uh, outrageous and just nuts is how how a representative Democrat, actually, uh, Representative Spanberger uh, of Virginia, uh, described some of the expenditures, which she said uh, were an uh, affront to responsible local governments. Uh, our, our hospitals were overwhelmed because of the pandemic, and and somebody now has a hotel somewhere, she added. <laughs> I can tell you it's down in Florida. <laughs> I'm calling on these state and local governments spending COVID aid money on these projects to repay those taxpayer funds to the federal government so we can put it toward paying down the $30 trillion national debt, Braun said. Now, uh, included among the projects and expenditures identified by the AP, here's some of the things that your money, I mean, it's taxpayer money, your and my money has gone to pay for in the name of COVID. $400 million to build new prisons in Alabama, according, uh, accounting for nearly one quarter of the total aid the state will receive through the program. Whoa. Tens of millions of dollars for tourism marketing campaigns in Puerto Rico. That's 70 million right there just for Puerto Rico. Washington, D.C. tourism and marketing campaigns, 8 million. And Tucson, Arizona, 2 million. The city of Alexandria, Virginia also announced it would spend $120,000 to give its tourism website a makeover. Yeah, maybe I can get something for this the makeover of our website. I don't know. Anyway, 6.6 million to replace uh, irrigation systems at two golf courses in Colorado Springs. 6.6 million. 5 million approved by uh, Brigham, Alabama to support the 2022 World Games. The event features uh, niche niche sporting uh, contests such as dance sport and uh, crawl ball. 
haven't heard of that one. Um, and, and flying discs. Now I, I disc golf, but that's not flying discs. Anyway, uh, 2.5 million to hire new parking enforcement officers in Washington, DC of which, you know, anyway, 2 million to help, uh, Potawatomi County, Iowa, uh, purchase a privately owned ski area, 1 million to pay off overdue child support in lot in, in St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. 1 million to pay off overdue child support in St. Louis. A city memo states that owing child support stops some people from looking for work because the overdue payments are garnished from paychecks. The program would em, empower individuals by paying down a portion. Whoa. So we're subsidizing, subsidizing deadbeat dads now with COVID money. Uh, 300,000, I'll just give you another, 300,000 to establish a museum in, in Worcester, Massachusetts, honoring Major Taylor, a famed black cycle, a bicycle rider from uh, the turn of the 20th century, known as the Worcester Whirlwind, who died in, in 1932. So we're going to establish uh, a museum for him uh, with COVID money. Okay. Uh, Liz, Liz Borges, a, a spokeswoman for the Treasury Department, called the program a success. Uh, yeah, she called it a success that allows state and local governments to recover from financial distress. <laughs> Whoa. And achieve their own strategies for restoring jobs and industries hit by the pandemic. Oh, okay. see, of course this is a good thing, right? And this is a great thing because... You know, we don't we don't want to micromanage these states and things. We want them to be able to spend the money as they darn well please. Ultimately, local governments are accountable to their communities, she says, on uh, on their decisions on how best to use their funds. So we don't hold them accountable. They are accountable. But she doesn't say who they're accountable to. Despite Braun's request for repayment, finding and recovering misspent funds could be a daunting task, really, right? Even in cases where local and state officials may have violated the federal spending rules, the sheer volume of money pumped out uh, presents a challenge for government uh, oversight uh, offices that are often understand as understaffed and poorly funded. Uh, Rich Delmar, the deputy inspector general for the Treasury Department, declined to say whether the office had any active investigations into uses of state or local pot of money. Uh, all projects are you know, uh, pre- predominantly uh, subject to audit uh, and an investigation, Delmar said in an email. I don't know if that's actually how he sounds, but I, I can envision that. Uh, we, we are actively engaging in oversight, he said. Biden, meanwhile, has has said his administration urgently needs more money to pay for things that are directly related to the pandemic. Whoa, we need even more money now. So without it, the White House says, the administration won't be able to replenish uh, depleted stockpiles of vaccines and, and therapeutics. Uh, whoa, well, so we definitely need to give them more money, right? Uh, then there will be the lockdowns and double standards of many of our political leaders and history will not look kindly on them, right? Uh, here's, for instance, here's uh, Pennsylvania Lieutenant Governor spent taxpayer funds on 
Jersey Shore vacation during COVID lockdowns record show. Brandon Dre uh, wrote this and he says, despite the Pennsylvania Department of Health warning against non-essential travel, Lieutenant Governor and pro-COVID lockdown advocate John Fetterman used taxpayer funds for a New Jersey Shore family getaway three months into the coronavirus pandemic. Just three months. Records obtained by the Washington Free Beacon show Fetterman spent $3,500 on security detail for overtime, food, and lodging from June 24th through June 27th of 2020 in Ocean City, New Jersey. Fetterman's family vacation came two days, that's just two days, after New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy announced a crackdown on maskless beachgoers amid a strike, uh, I'm sorry, a spike in COVID-19 cases at the time. So he was cracking down on these beach guys not wearing their masks because, of course, you can get COVID outside on the beach. Yeah, Joe Calveno, uh, Convello, uh, a spokesman for uh, Fetterman's campaign, confirmed the vacation to the Washington Free Beacon, but emphasized he never claimed reimbursement for the travel expenses. Uh, Calavello uh, added that uh, Fetterman had cut spending on travel, food, and conferences, and office supplies during the first two years of uh, Pennsylvania's lieutenant governor. So he should be able to have you know some of that savings to spend on his own self right? Uh, John and his family, he says, um, do take uh, modest summer vacations uh, like most folks in Pennsylvania. Uh, he, also, he also said that, uh, Alleg- that the Allegheny County uh, where, where Fetterman lives uh, was not in lockdown, of course, at that time. But uh, modest as they may seem, Fetterman's security de- detail were guests at the Port O'Call Hotel, a premier resort located on Jersey's Ocean City Boardwalk during the vacation. The Free Beacon reported that Fetterman's, uh, the Fetterman's have stayed at the resort during other vacations. And aside from the pushing draconian lockdown measures during the pandemic and vowing to practice social distancing, minimize trips and stay home um, and out of the indoor public spaces, Fetterman uh, begged Pennsylvania residents to mask up. Um, Of course, then he went ahead and went on vacation. However, Fetterman was spotted, of course, maskless on the boardwalk uh, shortly after that. And and Pennsylvania's lieutenant governor has a history of pushing COVID-19 mandates and orders. In May 2020, he blamed COVID-19 outbreaks on renegade counties, with a small, tiny majority, or I'm sorry, minority of anti-lockdown protesters. Oh, those darn anti-lockdown protesters. He also said keeping schools closed was an uh, absolute necessity in slowing the spread of the coronavirus. Fetterman threw his name in in uh, Pennsylvania's U.S. Senate race earlier this year, and according to the election uh, forecast model, he stands against the Trump-endorsed celebrity uh, television doctor, Dr. Hammett Oz, and currently actually holds a 2% lead in, in winning the race. Since suffering from a near-fatal stroke in, in May of 2022, the 52-year-old lieutenant governor and state uh, Senate candidate has actually remained off the campaign trail, um, and of course probably 
you know, taking the same strategy that Biden did and hiding in the basement. When something so devastating as COVID happens, you would think that uh, that the world would want to know everything about how it all started, right? Well, instead, all we got was to, you know, these, 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 um, these gyrations that people would say that we were, we were uh, asking questions. And by asking those questions, well, we were, um, you know, conspiracy theorists. Well, I think what we got was a Chinese cover-up. According to the World Health Organization, um, well, we might have been right. Ryan uh, Savandra uh, on June 19th wrote this. He says, the director general of the World Health Organization repeatedly believes that the coronavirus pandemic originated from a leak in the Chinese laboratory back in late 2019. The Mail, a British newspaper, reported that Tedros, um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his middle and last name. Uh, he's, he's, He's the head of of the of the world health organization and and tedros privately believes that that covid pandemic started uh following a leak from a chinese laboratory uh, according uh, to a top official who said that's that's what he conveyed to him while publicly the group maintains that all uh hypotheses remain on the table about the origins of covid the source said the director general of the world health organization had recently confided to a senior European politician that the most likely explanation was a catastrophic accident at a laboratory in Wuhan where infections first spread in late 2019. Now, Tedros recently told members uh, nations that the WHO does not yet have the answers as to where it came from and how it ended um, entered the human population and that it was morally important to determine its origins. Yeah, I would say so. Tedros said said uh, uh, countries, including China, need to share data, and and that the WHO needed transparency and without interference from any government. Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, a host spokesman said Dr. Uh, Tedros uh, has been consistently saying that all hypotheses remain on the table as scientists pursue their work. And yet now we see behind the scenes, that's not exactly what he believes. The coronavirus pandemic, which has caused trillions of dollars in damage and uh, in the global economy and, and killed an estimated 15 million people broke out sometime in late 2019, of course. And, and, and yet uh, China has been resisting international pressure for an investigation inside the country. Um, we know that three researchers from Wuhan Institute of Virology uh, were hospitalized in November of 2019 with sympt- symptoms consistent with COVID-19. And yet, the, yet we don't know that it actually came from there. I mean, you know, a panel of experts told a congressional subcommittee last year uh, that they believe that the pandemic originated from a leak from Wuhan Institute of Virology. Um, they did they did some digging. They they came to that conclusion. And uh, like I say, China has definitely put on the brakes and tried to you know not allow investigations into what happened. But it's it's only common sense, if nothing else, right? Well, and lastly, the New York Times. Um, 
says up to 90% of people who test positive for COVID-19 are no longer contagious. Yeah. Can you believe that? Joseph Curl of the Daily Wire wrote, it's known as viral load, the most used test to determine if someone has COVID-19, known as the PCR test, is either positive or negative. That's it. But the test does not identify the viral load. The, the greater amount of virus, the more likely it is that the patient is contagious. In the three sets of testing data that include cycle thresholds compiled by an official in Massachusetts, New York, and, and Nevada, up to 90% of people testing positive carried barely any virus. The, the New York Times reported Sunday that, that conducting uh, th- this new data uh, was, was from a review And that, yes, it was correct. On Thursday, the United States uh, recorded 45,000 new coronavirus cases, according to a database maintained by the Times. But how many of those are uh, people are actually contagious? So if they're being subjected to lockdowns or they're or uh, all these other things, well, they 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 may not be contagious at all. Tests with thresholds so so high may detect not just Lyme virus, but also genetic fragments, you know, like leftovers from the infection that pose no particular risk. That kind of akin to finding a hair in a room long after a person has left it, uh, so to speak. And and so, I mean, if you start to to look at at, at some of this, it's just amazing. I think about for a minute, think about the thousands of people being asked to isolate, refrain from work and submit to contact tracing. But but also think of the needless bottlenecks and all the people who aren't getting tested and and isolated when when they need to be. Um, You know, imagine a a neighborhood on fire here. The the, the firefighters have have defined even uh, dying embers as a fire. And and so and, and and. and are so busy putting out all of the, those type of things that they miss the entire home burning down around them. I mean, that's kind of what it's like. Now, you may agree, you may disagree with this, but you know, it's interesting to see what is happening with COVID, and I would love to hear from you, and you can do that at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.